0: I simply, I I just don't know where to begin. I have no idea. This is Congressman Corey Mills. He's a freshman Republican congressman from, you guessed it, Florida. And he's new in town, so he decided to give a gift to all the members of Congress. It was a grenade, an inert grenade. Every member of Congress got a grenade made for a MK-19 grenade launcher, 40-millimeter grenades handed out to every member of Congress by freshman Republican congressman from Florida with a note, let's come together and get to work on behalf of our constituents. Is America really this stupid has all our military spending, all these guns, all this consumerism made us this stupid? To wit, in the past 24 hours, we've had this congressman, Corey Mills, handing out uh, grenades to every member of Congress. Uh, and then uh, yesterday, Congressman George Santos, remember him? How quickly we forget. He gave a speech on the House floor Warning that crime is going up. George Santos is warning that crime is going up. Meanwhile, he faces criminal allegations, too numerous to count. A lot of campaign finance fraud that will probably land him in prison for 20 years. And then there's Republican Congressman Eric Burleson from the great state of Missouri. Republican. He took to the floor of the House. He's very upset that the ultra conservative newsmax they've been yanked from direct tv and he says this is like the holocaust <laughs> the holocaust in nazi germany this was all yesterday and on a more serious note police in huntington park california shot a black man who also happened to be a double amputee with no legs. They shot him to death after he allegedly stabbed someone with a butcher's knife. And then I wish I were making this up. He made a run for it with no legs, a double amputee in a wheelchair with no legs. And today shot to death because he made a run for it. And today police said they acted in. I wish I were making this up in self-defense. They said they acted in self-defense. They acted in accordance with their training because, and again, I wish I were making this up, their lives were in danger. A double amputee with no legs. Are Americans really this stupid? A spokesman for the Huntington park california police was asked why the officers and there were quite a few on the scene why they felt they had to shoot this black man a double amputee out of his wheelchair he fell out of his wheelchair a spokesman for police said the double amputee with no legs was again i wish i was making this up was trying to get away and they kept tasing him quote to no effect before opening fire. This is what a spokesman for the police said, and I quote. Now, again, we're talking about a double amputee, no legs. This is what a spokesman for the police said, and I quote. He tried to run away, and every time he turned around and did the motion like he was going to throw the knife at him, they tased him. The spokesman went on to say, the police were trying to give this guy, and that's how they referred to him, this guy, the less lethal taser shock. And because it was ineffective, they had to go to something that was more effective, unquote, something that was more effective. yeah, a gunshot or two to the torso. Are you kidding me? There was something like 10 guys, not to be indelicate here, 10 cops, one guy with stumps trying to crawl away, and they shoot him to death. I wish I were lying. Are we this stupid? Does this congressman... Corey Mills, is he that stupid to think after January 6th they want a Republican congressman from Florida handing out grenades? Does George Santos or Congressman Burleson or the Huntington Park police believe what they're saying? Do they know they're lying? Do they know that they're stupid? Do they do they think we're stupid? Are they stupid? I have no idea. I I really, I have no idea. Let let me know what you think in the comment section down below. I'm going to talk about liars on today's show. And we know that the entire Republican Party is made up of liars. You cannot be part of this current iteration of the Republican Party without being a pathological, congenital liar. But my question is, do they know they are lying? Do you think they're lazy and stupid and they're just happily fed lies in the form of talking points by lobbyists? They just parrot these lies and they're too lazy to find out if they're lies or not? Or are they liars or or are they stupid or are they stupid liars? And has America lost its capacity To tell if somebody is lying anymore. You know, we we don't have critical thinking anymore. Is it that hard to lie to people? Let me know down in the comments section below. George Santos, all these lies and nobody vetted him. Nobody vetted him from the Republican Party. And as Howie Klein said, nobody in the Democratic Party did the necessary oppo research so he wouldn't get elected. Is it that easy to lie here in America? Let me know in the comments section down below. I read all and I do mean all of your comments. I try to respond to some of them, especially the ones that make me laugh. You'll know if I read your comment, there should be a heart next to it. And I really appreciate people taking time to listen to this podcast. And when you take even more time to leave a comment down below and tell me what you think, or when you share an article for me to read, well, I simply can't thank you enough. It is a lonely, scary world out there where double amputees, are being shot by police. I am trying to build a small community of angry but polite thinkers who read, who listen, and so long as you follow my strict community guidelines, you're welcome to chime in. Before you comment, you'll be prompted to check my community guidelines, and I can assure you they're non-negotiable. And if you enjoy the Community Guidelines, please visit us over at Office Hours every Friday night, starting at 6 p.m. Go to my website for the link. And while you're over there, please sign up for my newsletter. I'm David Feldman, and this is The Mop-Up, and we're on the Turd Watch. The Turd Watch 2024, and by that I mean Donald Trump. Donald Trump, turd, is, as it stands tonight, the only officially declared candidate for president. And I simply don't know how or why he's able to do this. The walls are closing in on him. He he has to get elected president just so he can pardon himself. Alvin Bragg, the new Manhattan D.A., announced this week he is presenting evidence to a grand jury to determine what laws Donald Trump broke When he paid hush money to porn star Stormy Daniels back in 2016, a brand new investigation, Donald. It's uh, getting a little hot in here, isn't it? It's getting getting that Uh, getting really hot. And uh, down in Georgia, look at all these headlines coming out of Georgia. Now, remember, you got Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, looking into Trump. You got Fannie Willis. She's the district attorney down in Georgia. I think it's Fulton uh, County. And she has Donald Trump. And we all heard him on tape telling Rafsenberger, all I want to do is this. I just want to find 11,780 votes, which is one more Then we have, we've all heard the tape, right? We have all heard the tape. Those are all, uh, those are all uh, the allegations uh, down in Georgia. Uh, And you've heard the tape. And a grand jury any day now can offer up an indictment uh, for Donald Trump, uh, indicting him for his efforts to overturn the 2020 election uh, in that state. So you're feeling the heat, aren't you, Donald? But Donald Trump, he's smart. Oh, he is smart. And I know that because he always tells us how smart he is. And that's always a sure sign that someone is smart when they feel the need to tell you they're smart. And it's, you know, it's hard to keep all these lawsuits straight. Donald can. But uh, it's hard to keep it all straight. If you remember, New York State Attorney General Letitia James has charged Trump with fraud, claiming he falsified the value of his assets when trying to obtain a loan from a bank or when he was paying his taxes. He would lowball the government on his taxes and uh, say his Property was worth more when he wanted to borrow against it. So he's got Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA. He's got Fannie Willis, the Fulton County, Georgia DA. And he's got the New York State Attorney General, Letitia James, who's making him testify. And she released tapes of his most recent deposition. But Trump is way too smart. On the tape, on the tape, we see that Trump pleads the fifth. Four hundred times. That's four hundred fifths, which, if I'm not mistaken, is Rudy Giuliani's daily consumption of scotch. Four hundred fifths. Wow, uh, Mr. President, Mr. Ex President, uh, why did you plead the fifth four hundred times?
1: Anyone in my position not taking the Fifth Amendment would be a fool, an absolute fool.
0: I see that is an actual tape from his deposition before the New York State Attorney General. And it's getting hot, isn't it? Mr. President, it's getting hot for Donald Trump. Uh, That's the state and local district attorneys down in uh, Georgia, Manhattan, Albany, Letitia James, New York State. Uh, There's also... Washington, D.C., where Merrick Garland's special counsel, Jack Smith, is looking into all the federal crimes Trump committed. They're making a federal case out of some of the things Donald Trump has done. It's getting hot for the man. Where do we start with all those, those investigations? Trump could and should be prosecuted for inciting an insurrection on January 6. He could and should be prosecuted for trying to commit fraud on the American people by attempting to bring a phony slate of electors to the Capitol on January 6th. There's the mishandling of classified documents. I mean, really, how do you explain to children that the country they pledge allegiance to each morning can't decide whether to put Donald Trump in prison or back in the White House? Good luck explaining that to your children. And uh, so he's either going to prison or back in the White House. And either of those two will be for life. He's either going to go to prison for life or if he becomes president, he will be president for life. Trust me, if we put him back in there, he ain't leaving. But Trump is smart. I know he's smart because he says so. And he knows that if he runs for president, and is nominated, if he just he just needs to get the nomination, you can't indict the man. But New York magazine is reporting that Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, has learned the lessons from Jeb Bush. Remember him, he's the previous Florida governor. Who ran against Donald Trump back in 2016. And Ron DeSantis has reportedly learned all the lessons. And according to New York Magazine, they're looking at polling and they think he can steal the nomination from Trump. But so far, only Donald Trump is running for president. Nikki Haley asked for permission. She literally called. She was his ambassador to the U.N., former governor of South Carolina. She called Donald Trump and asked for permission to run against him. And word is that Nikki Haley will announce that she is a candidate for president momentarily. Uh, DeSantis hasn't declared yet. Even Joe Biden hasn't declared So Trump is way out in front of everybody. Nobody else is running. The field is wide open right now. Nobody is running for president except Donald Trump and this guy. His name is Rollin Roberts the Second of West Virginia, and he's a businessman and he's running for the GOP presidential nomination. He's never held elective office, but his dad's a pastor. And a member of the West Virginia State Senate, Rollin Roberts II. His father is Rollin Roberts I. Again, Rollin Roberts II has never held elective office, but he thinks he can be president because, well, his dad's a pastor and, and he's a graduate of Liberty University. Remember University? Liberty University? You all know Liberty University. Liberty, 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 Liberty. That's uh, Jerry Falwell and Jerry Falwell Jr.'s esteemed house of sex and academia. And so Rollin Roberts is a proud graduate of Liberty University. So that means he is already on his second wife. Look at her. That's his second wife, I think, or maybe his third definitely not his first. Look at that couple. He's young, almost Kennedy-esque, right? He's got the beautiful second wife with a, a baby on the way. And she's so excited. Look at the She's so excited about becoming America's next first lady. Here is Rollin Roberts the second, kicking off his campaign with his big presidential announcement down in West Virginia, with his pregnant second wife right behind him, and she can barely contain her enthusiasm. In our free enterprise system, in keeping every American safe by preparing us... Mm. Don't worry. Don't worry. The, the candidate is fine. Everybody relax. The candidate is fine. The flag is fine. Nobody important has been hurt. His pregnant wife, when she fell, she fell away from him. So he he's in no way injured. And the flag, yes, the flag, the flag is going to be fine. And the fetus, the fetus is going to be fine. So nothing else to worry about, folks. Nobody or anything of import has been hurt. The candidate is fine. The flag is fine. And the fetus is fine Nobody and nothing else to worry about. Let's just make sure. Let's go over the checklist. Is the Republican candidate from West Virginia fine? Yes. So that would be check. Is the American flag okay? Little dirt, but nothing serious? Check. And the fetus? The fetus is fine? Check. Candidate, flag, and fetus. That covers everyone in the picture. Am I leaving anyone or anything out? Oh, of course. I almost forget The the marble floor, a little little scuffed, uh, but nothing a little Johnson's wax can't uh, fix, can't fix. Close call. But everyone and everything who is worth worrying about is perfectly safe and fine. The flag, the candidate and the fetus, I don't and the floor and the marble floor, I don't think I've left anybody out. What do you think? We're a year away from the primaries. Is Donald Trump going to get the nomination? If he doesn't, he's going to prison. Let me know in the comment section down below. And while you're leaving a comment, please hit the like button. If you like this, don't hit the like button if you don't like it. Meanwhile, Donald Trump took to the campaign trail This past weekend, and first he went to the Granite State, that would be New Hampshire, and he brought along some fresh ideas. Yes, he did, because of Don Jr. You see, Don Jr. is kind of in charge of the campaign, with Ivanka and Jared completely out of the picture. Trump is leaning heavily on Don Jr., seen here texting El Chapo's eldest son, El Chapo Jr., demanding to know why this morning's shipment of Flintstones' snortable vitamins never arrived. Well, anyway, this is really a special time for Don Sr. and Don Jr. to bond over a shared interest other than Kimberly Gargoyle. In the past, if you remember, Don Jr. got passed over by his younger sister, Ivanka, it's the way dad wanted it, but it's not the way Don Jr. wanted it, because he's smart, not like what everybody says, like stupid, and he wants respect. And he's getting it, finally, with Jared and Ivanka out of the picture The Don is really leaning on Jr. He's leaning hard, and you can lean hard on Don Jr. because he's, he's like a rock, certainly as dumb as one in book after book, his father has described his son as a, well, that didn't work. Let's try that again. As a fool. Really? That's, uh, your, your namesake.
1: An absolute fool.
0: Really? That's how you talk about, uh, Don Jr. That's that is how he to his face. I've read many books about this family, and that's how he refers to his son. Isn't that great? Fool. That's how you call your uh an absolute fool. Yeah. Well, Don Jr., before his father arrived in New Hampshire over the weekend, floated a big idea of his. And here's a tweet that he let loose before his dad's big speech. Let me see if I can show this to you. This is, this is Don Jr. Uh, this is his tweet. It's time to end wokeness in our schools. Real Donald Trump wants to implement direct <laughs> elections of school principals by the parents as the ultimate form of local control. What a, what a great idea. This is Don Jr.'s idea. Principals should be elected by the parents. And... Isn't that right? That, that would work out great. And we should vote on whether, uh, whether they speak Spanish or Portuguese in Brazil. That's the other thing Don Jr. is promoting, that, that we should vote on whether they speak Spanish or Portuguese in Brazil. Don Jr.'s son, let me explain. Don Jr. has a son. His name is Don Jr. Jr., And Don Jr. Jr. was taking a test in school last week. And Don Jr. Jr. wrote on the test that they speak Spanish in Brazil. And uh, the teacher gave Don Jr. Jr. an F because she says they speak Portuguese and not Spanish in Brazil. So Don Jr. met with Don Jr. Jr.'s teacher. And he suggested, Don Jr. suggested that this is the ultimate form of local control. The parents at the school should vote on whether Brazilians speak Spanish or Portuguese. Don't you like democracy? Shouldn't we get to vote on facts? Former President Donald Trump, let me ask you, uh, and be honest with me, nobody listens to this show honestly, what do you think of your son, Don Jr.'s idea about voting for principals, where, where every school could uh, vote, uh, the parents vote for their principal? What, what do you think?
1: An absolute fool.
0: OK, yes, he is a fool. He's your son. So your big speech in New Hampshire following that big tweet People are looking for fresh ideas. And over the weekend, you're a policy wonk, Mr. President. What did you spring on them in New Hampshire?
1: Implement the direct election of school principals by the parents.
0: Wow. That is. That's. Uh, uh, what do you feel like? What do you feel like floating an idea your idiot son came up with? Fool. Well, okay. Maybe uh, we're being too hard on the boy. Why did you say you think parents should elect school principals?
1: More than anyone else, parents know
0: what their children need. Well, if parents know what their children need, Mr. Ex-President, then why isn't Don Jr. in rehab? Or at least why aren't you distancing yourself from Don Jr.? He's, uh... What's the term I'm looking for? I'm having a senior moment. Don Jr., he's... What, what? What's the word the term? There's a term for people like Don Jr. An absolute fool. Right, right. Yes, he's an absolute fool. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then it was off to beautiful and sunny South Carolina. He had a busy, busy, busy weekend. He was campaigning in New Hampshire, and then it was off to South Carolina, which, unlike the Democratic Party for Republican South Carolina will be the third contest after the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary. Democrats are doing this a little differently. But uh, yeah, Don Sr. was in beautiful South Carolina. Beautiful, beautiful South Carolina where Donald Trump was welcomed by the Republican governor, Henry McMaster. He's a straight shooter who calls things what they are. Thank you. As you have noticed, this crowd loves you,
2: people all over the state, and that's because
1: we believe in common sense, we believe in the Declaration of Independence, we believe in the Constitution, we believe in the Bible, and we believe in you.
0: Yeah, we believe in the Bible, the Declaration of Independence. We believe in you, right? And uh, we believe over there on the governor's left that Lindsey Graham is a family man with a wife and six kids. The uh, <laughs> they, they believe that in South Carolina, they do. They think Lindsey Graham's a family man with six kids. Uh, the governor of South Carolina compared Donald Trump to the Declaration of Independence, the Bible. He should have compared Trump's hair to the flag because just like old glory, Trump's hair blows in the wind, too. Right. Long may it wave, Mr. President. Look, I would salute. We should salute his hair. Long may it wave. Trump is fat and bald. Did I did I mention that he's he's fat and bald. He wakes up every morning, looks in the mirror and sees a fat and bald bald man, and he says, I need to lash out at the world instead of myself. That is, that is the face of fascism. That was, you know, Mussolini, Hitler, fascists, Orban, they hate themselves. So they have to lash out at the world. Well, South Carolina. Then it was time for Donald Trump to take the microphone In South Carolina, but before he could deliver his opening remarks, Trump introduced all the South Carolina political, and you should pardon the expression, Mr. Trump, bigwigs. Sorry about that. The bigwigs who showed up to support Trump. If you see this picture, uh, let me just blow this up here so you can see there. There was his uh, wingnut. I mean, wingman, Senator Lindsey Graham. You see him, Uh, he's, uh, this is a picture of him, just as the combination of ecstasy and amyl nitrate poppers began to kick in. Look at him. Look at Lindsey Graham strung out on ecstasy and amyl nitrate poppers, wondering why we all can't work out our political differences on the dance floor. I'm not making this up. On January 6th, Lindsey Graham was in the Capitol, and that night, A DJ saved his life. Anyway, before the rally, as Trump was flying in to uh, in order to welcome Donald Trump to South Carolina, favorite son, Lindsey Graham, tweeted this. If we nominate Trump, we will get destroyed and we will deserve it. Wait a second. That's not the. Gentlemanly Southern hospitality, I would expect from Lindsay. Gr- oh, wait, wait, wait. That is from May 3rd, 2016. Uh, oh, OK. That's that was what was that? Seven, almost seven years ago. Things have changed. And Donald Trump and Lindsay, they're best buddies. Lindsay used to think Donald Trump was uh, Uh, existential threat to America, I think is what he said. Then someone from the Trump campaign dropped on his desk a manila envelope containing compromising photographs of Lindsey. And those compromising photographs keep coming in, so Lindsey just keeps showing up at these Trump rallies. Uh, Here's a more recent uh, compromising photo of uh, Lindsey Graham, Uh, Let me blow it up there for you. That's uh, Lindsey on the right. This is some compromise Trump has on Lindsey. This is from 2018. Vintage compromise of Lindsey. It's uh, Lindsey Graham showing up to protest Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination. You see him? Uh, There's AOC speaking out against Brett Kavanaugh, who... uh, Doug Lyman has a new documentary out about Kavanaugh. Apparently, he was a serial rapist. And there's AOC speaking out, and right next to her, Lindsey Graham, who sat on the Senate Judiciary Committee, claimed to be a big supporter of the uh, the rape uh, of Judge Kavanaugh. Did Lindsey Graham not think there would be photographers? Who's he trying to fool with that chenille shirt underneath the blue blazer? We know it's you, Lindsey, at an anti-Kavanaugh hearing cheering on AOC. Well, that's, uh, that's the picture of Lindsey, along with others. Uh, that picture is one of the reasons Lindsey loves Trump. Lindsey loves Trump. But there were other big-name South Carolina politicos at the Trump rally, not just Lindsey Graham. For example, Trump introduced a real dynamo Someone from South Carolina, a congressman we haven't heard from since President Obama first introduced Obamacare to the American people.
1: A friend of mine, oh, that voice, that voice was so beautiful as he called it out in Congress. Congressman Joe Wilson, I thought it was brilliant.
0: Remember Joe Wilson? That voice, that voice, it was so beautiful. Do you remember Joe Wilson? Uh, He's still in Congress. Congressman Joe Wilson, his voice was so beautiful when you called it out in Congress like a like a choir of racist angels. It was 2009, a joint session of Congress when President Barack Obama introduced his new health care plan and Congressman Joe Wilson from South Carolina who, by the way, started his illustrious career working for civil rights leader Strom Thurmond. That's true. He worked. He started working for uh, civil rights leader Strom Thurmond. That, that would be, you know, civil rights for white people. Anyway, he's now a congressman. Congressman Joe Wilson, back in 2009, was worried that Obamacare would include health care, for undocumented immigrants and even worse their children and we can't have that we can't provide health insurance to children who weren't born in america joe joe wilson congressman joe wilson is a devout christian and jesus wouldn't want undocumented children getting health care we all know that it's in the scriptures Jesus would want them instead to get very sick and die. This is Joe Wilson's great moment, that beautiful voice where he called it out. This is what Donald Trump couldn't wait to bring up at the rally, that beautiful voice calling out to Barack Obama during a joint session of Congress. This is from 2009, the work of Congressman Joe Wilson. There are also those who claim that our reform efforts would ensure illegal immigrants. This too is false. The reforms, the reforms I'm proposing would not apply to those who are here illegal. It's not true. And one more. You lie. Said the former Strom Thurmond staffer to america's first african American president, You lie, you must understand this was back in two thousand and nine, a much simpler time. Listen again to congressman joe wilson's what did what did Trump just call it? His beautiful voice calling out like a like a choir of mellifluous cross burning angels. let's watch again, listen. Watch then-Vice President Joe Biden and Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Watch their reaction. The look on both their faces, by the way, are pre-facelifts. is These are Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi pre-facelift, so you're seeing genuine shock. Ah! Look at their faces. Look at their faces. They've never seen anything like that. They've never seen anything like that. They once saw uh, uh, Steny Well, I won't do that. Uh, anyway, that's, that's their face. Uh, they've never seen anything that appalling, uh, except for the time Steny Hoyer. No, I'm not going to do it. Must not do that. Well, uh, look, I am not here to defend Obamacare if you've ever listened to my show you've heard me rail against obamacare i've said it's made the insurance companies stronger and americans sicker now it's not completely barack obama's fault the supreme court and the republicans gutted obamacare by getting rid of the individual mandate and medicaid expansion obviously we need single payer period and when it comes to health care in america the people in charge who are keeping us from single payer will burn in hell they will burn in hell for this man-made catastrophe we call the united states healthcare system they deserve to burn in hell for our health care system but right now i'm not talking about health care this is the show tonight is about the republican party turning further into itself, becoming more and more punitive and performative. Newt Gingrich, back in 1994, kind of started this uh, performative vitriol. But in 2009, back then, Joe Wilson's heckle was still shocking. You gotta understand, this was shocking. And Congressman Joe Wilson was admonished the very next day And he offered up a half-assed explanation. He called President Obama and apologized. But Speaker Pelosi, and rightfully so, wanted Congressman Joe Wilson, Republican, she wanted him to apologize to the Congress for humiliating the entire legislative branch of our government. You're not supposed to do that. How we talk to each other especially in Congress, is the difference between civil discourse and civil war. But Congressman Joe Wilson from South Carolina was done apologizing.
2: I called immediately. I did apologize, but I believe one apology is sufficient.
0: This was back in 2009. He called the president. He apologized and he wanted that to be the end of it.
2: Uh, My view is that by apologizing to the president right away, uh, which I did, uh, because uh, it was a town hall moment for me.
0: Oh, it was a harmless town hall moment for me. That's all it was. A town hall moment. Well, this is uh, Arlen Specter almost getting punched Republican during a town hall during the summer of 2009. A town hall moment. Again, this was in September of 2009 when Congressman Joe Wilson heckled Barack Obama during his speech on Obamacare. But over the summer, members of Congress were holding their usual town halls, and members of the Tea Party, which really doesn't exist, it's uh, paid for by the Koch backed Freedom Works lobbying organization. It's AstroTurf. Anyway, uh, the Koch brothers and Freedom Works, Dick Army and uh, Clarence Thomas's wife, they bust in disruptors to these town hall meetings to physically threaten members of Congress at town hall after town hall. They destroyed town halls with angry diatribes against Obamacare. You see, during the, the summer, They they knew something was up and they didn't want Obama tampering with health care in America. I'm not making this up. Town hall, a town hall after town hall. You had these Republican Tea Party troglodytes screaming, get the government's hands off my Medicare. Again, I wish I were making that up. Town halls became dangerous. And uh, that summer... As a result, uh, the Tea Party, uh, Dick Armey, FreedomWorks and the Koch brothers, they succeeded in making town halls so boisterous and dangerous. Members of Congress decided to hold fewer and fewer town halls, which means less democracy, which was the entire point of this AstroTurf Koch brothers funded Tea Party movement less democracy. So, Congressman Joe Wilson said when he was screaming at the president, you lie, he was having a harmless, what was it called, a town hall moment, as though screaming at the president, it's part of our democracy. It's, it's part of our democracy to get all worked up and destroy our democracy. So, Go on. Let's go back to 2009. Go on, Joe Wilson, with your beautiful voice, as Donald Trump called it. Uh, so why did you vent your South Carolina anger at America's first black president?
2: Uh, I believe in civility. I believe in civility on the floor. Uh, my whole life has been built around civility.
0: Yes, your whole life. Your whole life has been built around civility. Uh, It's been built all around civility, like never forgetting that your side lost the civility war, which was all about the civility of keeping slaves. Okay, so refresh my memory. This was 2009. Uh, We're playing a clip of Joe Wilson from 2009. What was your concern, Congressman Joe Wilson? What did you think Obama, President Obama, was lying about? when it came to Obamacare.
2: Uh, Would include illegal uh, aliens or not?
0: Oh, you were concerned whether or not it would would include, would you call them, illegal aliens? Such a a civil term for such a civil man, referring to people, children, who crawled through sewer pipes to escape political and economic oppression and seek a better life, Here in America, it's so civil, calling them illegal children, illegal. Yes, you, Congressman Joe Wilson, are most certainly the exemplar of Southern civility. Well, that's not playing. Let's try that again
2: of the bills that are before Congress uh, would include illegal aliens. And I think this is wrong. People who have come to our country uh, and violated laws, uh, we should not be providing uh, full health care services.
0: Yes, civil people like you want these people to get sick and die because that's what Jesus would want. Uh, And you're pro-life. Tell me what you've dedicated your pro-life Life, too.
2: My whole life has been built around civility.
0: Your whole life has been built around civility. Then your whole life, just like your colleague from South Carolina, Lindsey Graham's life, your life is built on a lie. Civility. You lie, as you said Joe Wilson, Congressman Joe Wilson, he's not the one that was married to Val Valerie Plame. Uh, Joe Wilson, he did apologize to President Obama, and as far as he was concerned, that was it. That was it. Mister Civility refused to apologize to Congress, and so he was officially rebuked by Congress for his refusal to apologize to his fellow members. The resolution is adopted.
2: The House voted to formally rebuke Wilson after he was given one last chance to apologize to his colleagues and didn't take it. For this action today, we'll have done nothing for the taxpayers.
0: Nothing for the taxpayers. Well, Congressman John Boehner, remember Congressman John Boehner? He eventually became Speaker. I believe he was the minority leader in the House at the time, and he voted against the official sanction. Uh, by the way, uh, when he left, when he when he left uh, Congress, he eventually uh, became uh, joined the board of a tobacco company. I think it's Winston-Salem. He ended up working for Winston-Salem because he loves tobacco. When Nancy took over his office as a speaker, they had a fumigate the office for weeks. I'm not making this up. The stench of stale cigarettes from John Boehner. And uh, he was furious that Nancy uh, sanctioned one of his own, one of his congressmen. Boehner said it was uh, unnecessary. There was no need for a resolution. And he said that they were overreacting and that there's been behavior this is what he said. There's been behavior in this chamber far worse than a congressman heckling the president. And John Boehner should know. Uh, he uh, was famous in the House of Representatives for handing out cash donations uh, from tobacco companies. That was uh <laughs> on the House floor, he walked around and handed out cash donations, checks from uh, tobacco lobbyists. Here he is being interviewed by the PBS a few years back about distributing donations from the tobacco industry on the House floor. Were the checks from tobacco companies? Uh, I think uh, if my memory serves me correctly, I think it was a tobacco check, Yes. Mine asked me to to give out a half a dozen checks quickly before we got to the end of the month, and I complied. And I did it on the House floor. It's not a violation of the House rules, uh, but it's a practice that's gone on here for a long time. Hmm. Tobacco. It's bad enough you're handing out cash donations on the House floor, but tobacco, which kills something like 400,000 people a year, and uh, Republicans are still denying that tobacco is dangerous. Well, it wasn't just John Boehner who was upset that Congressman Joe Wilson was rebuked by the democratically controlled House. Back in 2009, Mike Pence, he was a congressman. He was head of the House Republican Congress. That's uh, House Republican Conference. Sorry, I got a little distracted. That's how he used to dress back in two thousand and nine. Mike Pence and uh, Republican Congressman Mike Pence. He thought Nancy Pelosi overreacted when she had her Congress vote to reprimand Congressman Joe Wilson. He said last Wednesday. That was when uh, Congressman Joe Wilson heckled the president, called the president a liar during a joint session of Congress. Uh, Then Congressman Mike Pence said last Wednesday was not a good day for the House, but today is worse. Today being the resolution to rebuke Congressman Joe Wilson. That is worse than what Joe Wilson did. Yeah, rebuking Congressman Joe Wilson is worse. And Pence as always, has a point, because where does it end? It's a slippery slope. First, you punish someone for heckling America's first black president during a joint session of Congress. Next thing you know, you're punishing people for something as innocent as storming the Capitol and trying to hang the vice president.
1: And Mike Pence, I hope you're gonna stand up for the good of our constitution and for the good of our country. And if you're not, I'm gonna be very disappointed in you, I will tell you right now.
2: I'm telling you what, I'm hearing the Pence. I'm hearing the pince just caved. No. Is that true? I didn't I'm here I'm hearing no. reports that Pence caved. No, I'm what? telling you, if Pence caved, we're gonna That's drag the the through the streets. The you politicians are gonna get Drove through the streets.
0: Bring Mike Pence. Mike Pence was so prescient back in two thousand and nine. He said he said it is horrible that we that our Congress rebuked Congressman Joe Wilson for heckling the president. And look what happened now. They want to look look at what they want to do now. They they want to punish some tourists who innocently walked into the Capitol wanting to hang the vice president. Uh, you're at let's let's bring in Mike Pence. Uh, OK, uh, Mike Pence. Uh now, be honest, you were scared on January 6th, weren't you? that That's the sound of his head shaking. Okay, uh, you were scared on uh, on January 6th, right? And uh, you thought the president was uh, going to kill you, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Looking back now, be honest, you now realize... Uh, That back in 2009, your Republican colleague Joe Wilson contributed to the coarsening of American politics by heckling President Obama. That's the sound of his head shaking. Okay, and because Republicans like you didn't put an end to it, your your party got uglier and uglier. What is this stupid? But deep down, that's who you and your party have always been—deeply hateful, racist, and homophobic religious zealots who, you know, distract the mouth-breathing idiots that you distract them to vote for you, so that you can hold elective office to make certain the rich never pay their fair share of taxes. Okay. This is interesting. I'm glad we're having this conversation. You hate yourself, don't you? (laughs) Okay. And your wife, Karen, you think she's a dirty, dirty, dirty person because she has a vagina, and vaginas are dirty, aren't they? Okay, Mike Pence, Uh, you want... You want me to spit in your face so you can get hard, right? (laughs) Because, Mike Pence, you're a dirty, dirty, filthy, filthy man, aren't you? (laughs) All right. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe (laughs) to this channel. We do such highbrow work here on The David Feldman Show. Don't you agree, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence? Okay. Uh, Let's uh, forget that ever happened and go back to Joe Wilson. Congressman Joe Wilson, uh, never admit you're wrong. That's what Republicans They never admit they're wrong. If you have to apologize, only apologize once if you must. Joe Wilson, still in Congress. Donald Trump loves him. And did you know that something, something is married to Joe Wilson? Did you know that? Its name is Roxanne. And back in 2009, this thing, Roxanne, gave its husband a full-throated... Defense, And you can be certain in their 40 years of marriage, Roxanne's defense is the only thing she ever gave to her husband that was full throated.
2: Congressman Wilson's wife took to the web to defend her husband. And I said, Joe, who's the nut that hollered out? You lie. or you liar? And he goes, it was me. And I said, no, really, who did it?
0: That's how it defends her husband. That's how she defends him, by calling him a nut.
2: I said, Joe, who's the nut that hollered out, you lie?
0: Like, who's the nut is an excuse for horribly inappropriate, and let's be honest, racist behavior. He's just a nut. The same way Trump, just a nut. You know, For a party of homophobes, Republicans sure love their nuts. But here is what this was really all about in the end. Nancy Cordes from CBS News back in 2009.
2: Back in his conservative home district, Wilson is getting pats on the back, along with hundreds of thousands of dollars in new campaign contributions.
0: Hundreds of thousands of dollars. In new campaign contributions just from being a nut. So now being a nut is what it takes to be in charge of the entire Republican Party. Here's Marjorie Taylor Greene back in 2021. She lost all her committee assignments, if you'll remember, after coming to Washington. She was a freshman and she threatened violence against the Democratic leadership. You have that freshman congressman bringing inert grenades uh, (laughs) to the House. Well, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, threatened violence against the Democratic leadership, so she lost all her committee assignments and she had nothing but time on her hands. So she decided to take to Twitter in the middle of one of her workouts to offer this assessment of Joe Biden's handling of the 2021 pullout from Afghanistan. Joe Biden, you're not a president. You're a piece of shit. Mm. So in just 12 years, Republican discourse has gone from this back in
2: 2009
0: to this. Joe Biden, you're not a president. You're a piece of shit. Hmm. So Joe Wilson, he's still in Congress. He's still uh, he's a backbencher because all he did was call Barack Obama a liar. But Marjorie Taylor Greene calls Joe Biden a piece of shit and the campaign contributions come flowing in. And that is why Chris Lehman over at The Nation writes that Marjorie Jewish Space Laser Greene is positioning herself as Donald Trump's pick for vice president. Marjorie Taylor Greene as Donald Trump's vice president. Think about this. She is sitting on the Homeland Security Committee right now. She's sitting on the committee that's looking into the origins of COVID. She is Donald Trump's opening act at his rallies. The speaker, Kevin McCarthy, is terrified of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Right? So, this didn't start with Congressman Joe Wilson and his, what did did Donald Trump call it, his beautiful voice calling out you lie but look at how low this party has sunk since then and we continue to pretend that it's a legitimate political party now granted it was always a festering pustule of racist Christians but now the pustule is oozing into every organ of our government. And like I said earlier, nobody can tell if these people are stupid, just liars, or stupid liars. It's, it's impossible to tell. Barack Obama was perplexed. He didn't, he didn't expect the Republican Party to be that ugly back in 2009, that anti-American The minute he was sworn in, there was a meeting that Mitch McConnell held. And it was block him every step of the way. What's good for the Republican Party, not what's good for America. Block him every step of the way. Barack Obama, the president, was very gracious after he was heckled by Joe Wilson during his speech. And he accepted Congressman Joe Wilson's apology.
2: Uh, He apologized quickly uh, and without equivocation. uh, And I'm appreciative of that.
0: But he was prescient the same way Mike Pence was prescient. Barack Obama was prescient. He saw something and he warned of a fever that was sweeping the country, getting out of hand with those town halls the summer, before he got heckled, and Obama worried that this fever was more than just temporary. Uh, I hope that some of the fever uh, breaks a little bit. The media can always be helpful
2: by not giving uh, all the attention to uh, the loudest or shrillest voices and try to stay a little bit more focused on uh, the issues
0: at hand. The loudest or shrillest voices. The media should stop paying attention to the loudest or shrillest voices. You know, I love Obama. I hate him, but I love him. He's a corporate Democrat, better than the Clintons, and better than anything the Republicans have to offer. I love Obama, and I hate him. He's a disappointment. He should be marching with the Amazon Union. That's where he belongs right now. Uh, And, you know, Obamacare, it's a failure, partly his fault. It was a love letter to the insurance companies. He could have gradually, I think he thought that he could have gradually moved us towards a public option uh, in which the government also provided health insurance. I think he thought it was going to be something like, he thought people were going to love Obamacare and... It would morph into a public option. And in the best of all possible worlds, he hoped that uh, Obamacare would have, was a Trojan horse that would have eventually provided uh, a public option that would have put the health insurance companies out of business. But he didn't even try for the public option. Then again, we forget what he was up against. We forget And he said, he was quoted as saying that if he moves too far to the left, he will be assassinated. By the way, that's what it took to get Medicare in this country. Kennedy had to be assassinated. You see, we're up against fascists. America is, since Roosevelt, we have been up against fascists. Corporations that control our government and feed the American people hate and you cannot have fascism without raw brutality and hatred. And Obamacare, the fighting against Obamacare, was about hate, wanting people to die. That's what the Tea Party was about. It wasn't about protecting their health insurance. It was about punishing poor people or undocumented workers and making them die from lack of of health insurance. That's what fascists do. You cannot have fascism with raw brutality, without raw brutality, without anger. Get people angry and violent. Get them hating the government. Get them to hate blacks, whomever, Hispanics, Jews, Muslims, undocumented immigrants, gays, women, Democrats get them hating everyone except the people they should hate, the corporate billionaires. That's fascism. And it's why Marjorie Taylor Greene is doing so well. She's perfect. She's a hateful idiot. And she, like Donald Trump, is the face of the Republican Party. So, just like the hateful idiot Ron DeSantis, uh, Anyway, Donald Trump, uh, we were warned not to uh, pay attention to the shrillest, the loudest. That was Barack Obama in 2009. By 2015, just six years after Barack Obama worried that the media paid too much attention to the loudest and the shrillest, the media found the loudest and the shrillest corporate stooge. Of them all, Donald Trump, the embodiment of fascism. He is the embodiment of fascism. Ah! Joe Wilson, you say I lie. Well, Joe Wilson, Congressman Joe Wilson, you lie and your president lies. Your president being Donald Trump. Immediately after Donald Trump left office the Washington Post tallied up all the lies Donald Trump told in his official capacity as president. And it came to a grand total, and I wish I was making this up, too. It came to 30,573 official lies. 30,573 lies. But there you were last weekend, Congressman Joe Wilson, the congressman, you know, he's the he wants the president to tell the truth. That's why you called out our first black president. You called him a liar, because you're you're looking for, is it Diogenes looking for the honest man? You're looking for a truth teller. And there you stood as Donald Trump sang your praises. There at the rally in South Carolina, the man who told 30,573 lies that we know of, he sang your praises for calling Barack Obama a liar. The biggest liar ever to step foot inside the Oval Office praised you for calling Barack Obama a liar. The man who debased you. You debased a joint session of Congress, and you were celebrated by a president who debased the Oval Office. See,
1: that was done from the heart. That was done from the heart. That was, I don't know if you know it or not, you took a little heat at the time. People love you for that because it showed honesty, dedication, and love of your country. Right? And say hello to your son, too. He's doing a great job.
0: Say hello to your son. That's like a, a mafia threat. Say hello to your say hello to your son. Yeah, he heckled the president because he loved our country. He loves our country so much, Joe Wilson, that he wants to deny health insurance to uh, people here who don't have the right papers. He loves his country so much that when Trump became president, Congressman Joe Wilson, spread vicious lies as Republicans tried to repeal Obamacare. Now, again, Obamacare is a disaster. It it should have been single payer. We should have put the health insurance companies out of business. But it's better than anything the Republicans have to offer And on April 10th, 2017, when Republicans were trying to repeal Obamacare to, you know, by lying about it, lying by saying they had an alternative, they didn't. They just wanted to repeal Obamacare and let people die in the streets. Uh, While they were spreading these lies about Obamacare, Joe, you lie, Wilson, he held a town hall to explain why he wanted to repeal Obamacare. And he experienced, what's that term? What what did you have?
2: It was a town hall moment for me.
0: Oh, you had a town hall moment, right, where people get rambunctious and threaten to punch Arlen Specter. A town hall moment. That was when you were heckling our first black president. It was just a town hall moment. Here was uh, Joe Wilson uh, spreading lies uh, uh, about Obamacare, uh, and he was having uh, his own town hall moment uh, trying to sell the, the uh, repeal of Obamacare to his constituents back in 2017. Hmm. Voters have a long memory. So you were trying to sell the idea of getting rid of Obamacare. And what was that noise called? It was a
2: town hall moment for me.
0: Uh, Yes, it was a town hall moment. And your town hall moment then turned into this. It, (laughs) not silence. Let's try that again. It turned into this. (laughs) he couldn't finish his town hall because of that little town hall moment. You see what happens when you unleash bad behavior, Congressman Joe Wilson, and don't punish people properly for heckling the president of the United States or storming the Capitol. It unleashes bad behavior and it gets worse and worse and worse. And that's why the Republican Party is getting worse and worse and worse, violent, thuggish liars. That's all they are. And that's all the Republican Party has to offer, violence, thuggery and lies and profits for the five richest families in this country, while the rest of us are turned away by our doctors, while the rest of us might have Obamacare, but nobody takes it. It's the nightmare nobody talks about, health care in America. What do you see? What do you see going on? I want to know. Are you happy with your health insurance? Are you able to use it? I'm not even talking about being able to afford it. I know we can't afford it, but even if you can afford Obamacare and you can afford to use it, can you find a doctor who takes it? Can you find a psychologist or a psychiatrist? They always say, you know, if you or someone you know is having bad thoughts, uh, call this number. When you call that number, they don't offer uh, Free psychiatric, free psychological counseling now, do they? Yeah. But we should have awareness about mental health problems. No, we should have awareness that this country is mentally ill and we don't provide health care, mental health care for our citizens. And that's why this whole thing is unraveling. That's why we, we have mass shootings, because this country needs to be treated We need health care. We need mental health care. Instead of seeing a psychiatrist or a psychologist, which none of whom take insurance, right? you got to go out of pocket. People go, you know what? I'm not a hateful, violent bigot. I'm a Republican. And that's why more than 70 million people voted for Donald Trump, because they're not getting the treatment they need for their mental disease. They're not able to get the medication. What do you think? Leave a comment down below. Uh, I'm curious to know what you need. And while you're leaving a comment, please uh, remember to subscribe to this channel. Subscribe to this podcast. And if you really want to help little old David Feldman, the best way to help me is to share this show with your friends. I don't have any corporate sponsors. Surprise! I'm not part of any network. Uh, this is just me and the listeners and it's grassroots. I've been doing this for 14 years. I've earned every pair of ears that I have, and I've done it by you sharing my work. So I'm asking you to share this with, uh, I guess our fellow Democrats, I am a Democrat, I hate everyone in the Democratic Party other than Cory Bush, Ted Lieu, and of course, well, Bernie's not a Democrat, is he? But I am a Democrat, and I'm not leaving the party. There's going to be a purge, we're going to get rid of some of these jagoffs, but I'm not leaving the party. And I know that upsets a lot of my listeners, but I am a Democrat, and I'm not leaving the party. Well, campaigning in South Carolina over the weekend, Donald Trump got all the niceties out of the way and he got down to business.
1: We had a tremendous period of time. We had a tremendous thing happening just two and a half years ago.
0: We had a tremendous thing that happened two and a half years ago. What was that? Oh, yeah, you lost. That was a tremendous thing that happened two and a half years ago. Is that what you were talking about?
1: Two and a half years. You just take a look at what
0: what we did where this country
1: was greatest economy ever.
0: Greatest economy. I get it. So you're you're saying two and a half years ago, it was Joe Biden who inherited the greatest economy ever. You can just spew lies, right? Nobody ever corrects this congenital liar. Uh, Well, why don't I try? Okay, Uh, this is from The Washington Post. Now, you like to say that you had the greatest economy ever. And this is a fact check from The Washington Post. I believe it was right after you left the White House. And so one of your says that, according to The Washington Post, fact check, This is Trump's favorite false claim, that greatest economy ever. The Washington Post writes, by just about any key measure in the modern era, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Lyndon Johnson, and Bill Clinton uh, presided over stronger economic growth than Trump. The gross domestic product grew at an annual rate of 2.3 percent in 2019, slipping from 2.9% in 2018 and 2.4% in 2017. So, you know, it goes on and on and on. And uh, his unemployment rate did reach a low of 3.5%, but it never dipped uh, as low as 2.5% in 1953 when... uh, Eisenhower was president. So it wasn't the greatest economy ever. And don't forget, the coronavirus tanked the entire economy. And uh, so that's just, that's just a lie. You didn't preside over the greatest economy ever. Okay, please continue.
1: And bring back free speech again.
0: <laughs> okay, you want to bring back free speech so that you can... Uh, Lie. That is what you really mean when you say you want to bring back free speech. You, you want to be free to say whatever you want without getting canceled or corrected. Well, then Donald Trump turned to the debt in his speech. And if there's anything Donald Trump hates, it's debt. This man is a businessman, a successful businessman who's never owed a penny to anyone in his entire life. And as President Trump, uh, as president, uh, President Trump helped America. He really did. He helped us stop racking up debt. Uh, And he did that by giving the richest one percent, the largest tax cut in human history. And that erased our debt. Poof. Poof just by giving the the wealthy this tax cut the debt disappeared and and when he he left office we were completely debt free wait i'm i'm being told under trump what is this the the debt increased by 7 trillion dollars how can that be this is an article from uh From ProPublica, it's written by the great Alan Sloan, who we've had on the Ralph Nader show. This is uh, this is what Alan Sloan over at uh, ProPublica wrote on January 14th, 2021. Uh, He writes the growth in the annual deficit under Trump ranks as the third biggest increase relative to the size of the economy of any U.S. presidential administration. Now, he's third in terms of raising the deficit, raising the debt. Uh, He's right behind Abraham Lincoln, Republican, and George W. Bush, Republican. So Trump, his administration had the third biggest increase uh, in the debt deficit, annual deficit, relative to the size of the economy. Uh, Eugene Sturrell, co-founder of the Urban Brookings Tax Policy Center, points out that unlike George W. Bush and Abraham Lincoln, uh, Trump did not have to launch two foreign conflicts or have to pay for a civil war. In other words, Donald Trump increased the deficit faster than any other administration besides Abraham Lincoln and George W Bush without doing anything other than giving the richest 1% tax cuts that's that's what he did that's what he did the king of debt there's a reason they they call him The king of debt
1: but this is why we have 32 trillion dollars in debt when you think about it much of it's owed to china which is interesting we'll have to work that out uh
0: yes we have to work that out like you worked it out the last time you were president okay so how are you going to work out that 32 trillion dollar debt seven trillion of which you're responsible for how do we work this out
1: I can see a nice swap there. You know, you've screwed us for about thirty years. Let's negotiate that debt. Let's renegotiate the debt.
0: You bald fat moron, you fascist liar. Yeah, we're gonna renegotiate the debt. So when you're when you're president again, you're gonna renegotiate the US debt the same way you renegotiated all the debt that you've owed. By declaring bankruptcy six times, the man, this fat, bald liar, before he became president, declared bankruptcy six times. I love this. Now, this is from PolitiFact, and they're with, I I think they're with the Pointer Institute. And this is back from 2016. They... Do fact-checking. And this is back in 2016. And Hillary Clinton, remember her? She was running for president. She, on the stump, accused Trump of going bankrupt four times. And people got upset. That's a lie. That's a lie. So PolitiFact, on their truth o that's what they call it, marked that statement as mostly true. And PolitiFact said she got uh, something wrong. He went bankrupt six times, not four, six times. Okay. Well, and then instead of tilting at windmills, Don Quixote Trump, who loves his fossil fuels, tried to destroy instead of tilt at those windmills.
1: If you kill a bald eagle, they put you in jail for five years. But the windmills knock out thousands of them. Nothing happens.
0: Yes, he loves the bald eagles. Yes, the man loves bald eagles. And uh, he hates windmills. Continue Don Quixote Trump.
1: They want mandatory
0: stoves. So Joe Biden wants mandatory stoves we can't have gas stoves joe wilson Ah. yes yes you lie it's not true mr ex president please continue they want mandatory electric
1: cars the cars go for like two two hours what are you going to do everyone's going to be sitting on the highway we're all going to be looking for a little plug-in does anybody have a plug-in my car just stopped i've been driving for an hour and 51 minutes (laughs) <laughs> it's
0: ridiculous. Congressman Joe Wilson, you were there for that speech. Any comments? Ah! Yes, he's a liar. Yes, he lies. He's a liar. You lie. And Trump has always been a liar. But lies are a threat to our security here in the homeland. For example... Back in 2020, after George Floyd was murdered by Derek Chauvin, Chauvin found guilty and is in prison for that, Donald Trump delegitimized the genuine anger and the protests that ensued after the murder of George Floyd by blaming it on the non-existent Antifa. See what lies do? You create this fake organization called Antifa, and then you don't have to address the problems of policing in America. He spread the lie that Antifa, again, a non-existent organization, he said that they were stirring up the trouble. And he was there by suggesting that Americans were perfectly okay with the police, which we're not. We were upset About George Floyd. We're upset that police in California shot a double amputee last week. You see what's going on in Memphis tonight and Atlanta and all over the country. The problem isn't Antifa, the problem is our police. Antifa doesn't exist, but fascists do. Fascists in this country. They exist, and they support bad cops because bad cops are fascists. The way fascism works is it offers power and money to the richest 1%, and then it offers state-sanctioned violence to the sadists. So during the George Floyd protests, fascists took to social media And they spread the lie that non-existent Antifa was behind the protests. This is from the Associated Press. Uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, actually did some work, and they busted some of the instigators behind the unsubstantiated social media chatter. Twitter determined Monday, this is back in 2020, right after the George Floyd protests, they determined that a tweet promising Antifa would, quote, move into residential areas and white neighborhoods. They determined it was sent by the white supremacy group Identity Europa. The tweet was shared hundreds of times and cited in online news uh, before Twitter removed it. That is according to a company spokesman. You see what lying does? It delegitimizes genuine concern about policing in America. This is what the fascists do. Donald Trump and his supporters are fascists. More from the Associated Press. This is back in 2020. Facebook Using information shared by Twitter announced Tuesday, it also took down a handful of accounts on its platform that were created by white supremacy groups like Identity Europa and American Guard, some of them posing, posing as part of the Antifa movement. There is no Antifa movement. There's identity Europa, American Guard, white Christian nationalists who are in league with Donald Trump. Ask the FBI about this. Ask Homeland Security. There's no such thing as Antifa, which is uh, trouble and problematic for liars like Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson. It is problematic for white nationalists that there, that there is no Antifa, it's problematic that Facebook and Twitter kind of call these groups what they are, white nationalists, and, and they take down their posts, which is why Donald Trump insists he's a free speech absolutist. He's a free speech absolutist because companies like Facebook and Twitter have silenced him.
1: And bring back free speech again.
0: But you don't believe in free speech. What would you call anyone, Mr. Trump, who believes you actually want free speech?
1: Fool. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, What do you think of Speaker Kevin McCarthy?
1: An absolute fool.
0: Yeah, and Kevin McCarthy claims to be a free speech absolutist as well because he wants to be able to lie, too. He doesn't want to be corrected. Speaker Kevin McCarthy, he doesn't want to be corrected because he wants power. See, he is a useful idiot. Fascism cannot thrive with power without Without fascism cannot thrive without power hungry, useful idiots like Kevin McCarthy, who want to delude themselves into believing that they're in charge. So Kevin McCarthy claims to be a free speech absolutist. And the way that works is put everything out there, put everything out there and let the people decide. That's his idea of free speech. In other words, he's saying, let us lie. But just put everything out there and let the people decide. But he of all people, Speaker of the House, he should know we're a republic. And what that means is the people don't decide. We're a republic, which means we elect leaders to decide for us. And in a republic, we must trust our leaders because nobody has time to study the issues, right? It's why in a republic we have members of Congress who we trust, who we trust to hold hearings on the Hill, read reports, budget reports, host town halls when they're not being interrupted by AstroTurf funded by the Koch brothers, hold town halls with constituents, but that's not what the Republican Party does. They muddy the rhetorical waters with lies, threats of violence, and then actual violence. And they can't keep their lies straight. For example, Steve Scalise, Mr. Mr. President, uh, Steve, Scalise, Steve Scalise from Louisiana, House Republican, second in command uh, right underneath Kevin McCarthy. What do you think of Steve Scalise? What do you think of him? Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, here it, here he is. Uh, I, I played this a week ago, and and it's just I I, I want to play it again. It's Steve Scalise. His head is swimming with so many lies. Uh, he blames the environmentalists for. Uh, the phrase climate change. What is Steve Scalise, Mr. President? An absolute fool. Yeah, he is an absolute fool. This is the only time you've ever told the truth. Here is uh, Steve Scalise. This is incredible. This is what, when you lie so much, oh, what a tangled web we weave when we something something to deceive. Whatever other name they attach to it, climate change, they change the name every couple of years. He changed the name. He's talking about the environmentalists, the Democrats, that we changed the name every couple of years, that we came up with climate change. Donald Trump?
1: An absolute fool.
0: Yes. The, the person who gave us the term climate change is Dr. Frank Luntz. He came up with that one. Somebody in the comments section from last week told me, that the term comes from a scientific study that he appropriated. But Dr. Frank Luntz, this is what he looks like. Uh, this is an actual picture that I took of Dr. Frank Luntz. Uh, we we play paddleball together. This is what he looks like without the toupee. I think he's great, with, except for the 666 on his forehead that was seared into his skin by Satan. I think he looks good with a shaved head. Frank, I don't think you need a toupee. Anyway, in a memo, and I talked about this last week, in a memo to the Republicans back in 2003, he said, use the term climate change. Don't use the word global warming. Climate change kind of softens, makes it less scary. That's uh, Dr. Frank Luntz. Came up with that one. It's a lie. It's using words to lie. When you talk about millions of Americans dying from global warming, you lie about it. This is what Doctor Frank Luntz, this very sick, evil man. I, I, he's Doctor Joseph Goebbels. That's who he is. This sick, evil man uh, has taught the Republican Party to use different phrases. Right. So. Uh, Americans are dying. Millions of people around the world are dying from drought, floods, famine, hurricanes, tornadoes, heat, freezing to death because of climate catastrophe. But uh, Frank Luntz trains idiots like Congressman Troy Nell's to lie and say people should be allowed to use fossil fuels or smoke cigars because... It's all about freedom. Yes, yeah, say it's about freedom. Freedom for whom? Freedom for whom? Freedom, well, freedom for the oil companies or the police, the developers, the tobacco companies. Not freedom for the 99%. They just, the Republicans, they keep lying and saying it's all about freedom. We've got 2.5 million people behind bars tonight, mostly nonviolent mostly poor, mostly people of color. And did you know they never had a trial? Most of them never had a trial. They just plea out. And why is that, Congressman Troy Nels? Why is that? It's all about freedom. Yeah, it's all about freedom. And you used to be a a sheriff, right? It's all about freedom. Yeah, and then something happened, right? You had to step down. Wasn't there some kind of scandal with you? What was the scandal about? It's all about freedom. Yes, it was all about freedom for you to... Uh, well, anyway, this is how the Republicans work with their free speech. Just get the information out there and let the American people decide. Uh, here's Speaker Kevin McCarthy, once again, uh, trying to make it easy for his side to lie. And this is This is what he told... The brilliant Maria Bartiroma. The best way to handle this, I think, is exactly the way Elon Musk. Just put all the information out there and let people see what is truth and what is not. Yes, just put all the information out there and let people see what is truth and what is not. No, this is a republic speaker. This is a republic, and it's your job to help us arrive at what is truth. Uh, Look, I'm a free speech absolutist. I really am. Right. But when people use their platforms to promote lies that get people killed, my freedom of speech includes my right to criticize, call somebody a liar and sometimes urge people not to use products that promote hatred. Well, Elon Musk Right. Hero of the right. Kevin McCarthy's hero. Kevin says that Musk does it all right. Just get the information out there. Well, uh, Elon Musk, if you'll remember, bought uh, Twitter. And uh, there we go. On November 19th, 2022, Elon Musk. Musk reopened Donald Trump's Twitter account. Had been suspended. It hadn't even been two years. They suspend. They finally suspended uh, Donald Trump's Twitter account after he incited an insurrection. Uh, but Elon Musk said, uh, "Come on back, come on back." Uh, Elon Musk said, "You know, it's all about free speech." But what is the real reason, Elon Musk? invited Donald Trump back. This is from Reuters. It tells a different story, doesn't it? In the last quarter, September through December, ad spending over Twitter fell 70%. 70%. partly because a lot of companies are boycotting Twitter after Elon Musk purchased it and it veered further and further to the extreme right. But... That spending had been going way down before he purchased Twitter. And, uh, you know, Elon Musk, one of the ways he knew, one of the ways to get more people on Twitter is by putting Donald Trump back on Twitter. Hate him or love Donald Trump. He brings eyeballs. And, you know, if keeping Twitter, if keeping Trump off Twitter would bring in more eyeballs, then Musk would have kept him off. But he needs eyeballs. Ad spending's down 70%. This isn't about freedom of speech. This is about eyeballs. And Donald Trump brings eyeballs, which brings us to Facebook. Facebook, and this is a headline from uh, CNBC, This is a headline from uh, September 30th of last year from CNBC. Facebook scrambles to escape stocks' death spiral as users flee and sales drop. Right? This is an article from CNBC, and it says that uh, Facebook was one of the worst performing stocks in the S&P 500 for the year 2022. And a stock analyst is quoted as saying, quote, I'm not sure there's a core business that works anymore at Facebook. Well, they need people to use Facebook. They need eyeballs the same way Elon Musk needs eyeballs, which is why Facebook has decided to allow Donald Trump back on their platform. This isn't about being a First Amendment absolutist. Here is Nick Clegg. He's Facebook's president of global affairs. Nick Clegg was Britain's leader of the Lib Dems. And uh, he couldn't get elected prime minister, but he did get elected Facebook's president of global affairs. He did get elected president of global affairs for Facebook. Granted, only one person was allowed to vote, but that's corporate democracy. One person, you know, call, that a, call him a president. We, we call Nick Clegg a president because one man... Mark Zuckerberg voted for him. That is fascism. See how they corrupt words? You're presidents have to be elected. And we call this piece of shit a president. One man elected him. Here is a President Nick Clegg. We think it's right to let the two-year suspension now expire. If, I mean, it's up to him and his team. If he wants to use Facebook and Instagram, he's now free to do so. It's up to him. He's free to do so. Please come back. We're in a death spiral. We need you, Donald. Please come back. We need you. We're sorry. At the end of the day, we believe the American people should hear Uh, from including on on our apps and services from those who want to who want to lead them we the the american people should hear from those who want to lead them on all our apps and services and even if they want to lead the american people into the Capitol with bear spray handcuffs and pipe bombs we should hear from them on facebook tucker carlson your thoughts up yours Ah, okay. Thanks, Tucker. You know what? I think I have faith in the American people, and I think the people of Joe Wilson's South Carolina Congressman Joe Joe Wilson of South Carolina. I think they have a message, not just for Congressman Joe Wilson, but for Tucker Carlson, for Nick Clegg, for Elon Musk, for Donald Trump, and the entire. Republican Party. You lie. That's all you got. Lies. That's all fascists ever had. Lies, thuggery, the threat of violence, and then eventually violence. What do you think? Let me know in the comments section down below. Please uh, press the bell icon uh, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, leave a comment in the comments section down below. I'm building a a small community of angry leftists who want change in the Democratic Party. And it starts with... uh, Information, not lies. Information. We have office hours every Friday night, uh, starting at six p.m. to accommodate our friends on the uh, overseas. We're starting at six p.m. Eastern now. I'm there for the first half hour, then the community takes over, and then I'm back at eight p.m. Eastern until about nine thirty. Every Friday night, I like to make myself available to all my listeners. Uh, I'm in a bit of a bubble here in Manhattan. I've always been (laughs) in a bubble, but with COVID and uh, these are isolating times. And one of the ways I get encouraged to uh, read different things is by listening to my listeners. And I do that by reading your comments. I try to respond to them. And I invite you to come to office hours every Friday night. And uh, I'm, I'm available. You want to talk to me, complain to me. Uh, we have strict community guidelines. How we talk to one another is often more important than what we say. So, uh, but you're welcome to join me at office hours. All you need is Zoom. Go to my website, davidfeldmanshow.com. And you'll get the, the link. The invitation uh, is a Zoom invitation, but if you don't know how to use Zoom, there's also a phone, uh, dial-in number. And while you're over at my website, please sign up for my newsletter. It comes out every Friday night at 6 p.m., and it also includes the, the link for office hours. I am David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak.